G'day punters, welcome to the Jack Dickens ranting review show, otherwise known as the Deep Dive. It's going to be a whole heap of Caulfield, bad beats, a lot of a lot of bad juju. Some good therapy though. That's what we're all here for. It's good to have him on board. As well as Shane Shirley, we'll get to some of the crazy outlandish behaviour that happens up in Queensland in the second half of the show. But Dicko, it's all about Caulfield. How did how'd you fare over the weekend, my man? Uh, I back So You Swing, which one? Uh, I back a lot of other horses, a uh, couple of uh, good odds, which ran second, uh, but no more winners. Uh, I even managed yesterday to, I don't know if I'll be happy or disappointed with this, but I was very close, as I showed you boys, to backing extending to, to beat Excel Man yesterday at, at sale, and I didn't even do that. So, uh, if Dan Andrews, if you're watching, mate, uh, Jack at the mailbag dot com dot au, I might be able to stop COVID. Just get in that touch. Would, oh, extending, outstanding. All right, Curly, we'll, we'll get to Queensland later on. Do you have just a little snippet for those people who might be interested in what's happening in the second half of the show? Yeah, look, we'll. Um... We'll, do, we'll dive into some into some stats. Um, DVD. We'll, we'll dive into some David Van Dyke stats um, and some possible theories and and everything else around uh, his remarkable uh, start to this racing season. Okay. Okay. Money in Queensland um, more than anywhere else in the world. It's always better than bank interest as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. As, as per always, this show is brought to you by Betfair. We'll be getting into the Betfair live wagering later on and then also punningform.com.au to produce the great figures that we use in and out. Uh, but we'll start with Caulfield. Dicko, we'll start with Express Pass in race two. Uh, oh. You know, just to get it out of the way because oh. you found a very good bet here. I back Legionnaire at about $17 and then I, it drifted to like 27s and I went yep. again and like doubled my bet. I just didn't care what the market thought. Uh, I was confident that like, we were getting a good enough. There was nothing untoward that could happen to this horse. It, it looked like to me it was okay on the TV and I, I expected it to be ridden with intent. Um, and then for Reese McLeod to ride, you could argue it was the best, greatest ride on the day at Caulfield just makes me feel sick and it makes me angry now because I backed Reckoning on sun, uh, at Sandown on Wednesday, which he slaughtered. Didn't, like, just didn't slaughter, just didn't even, like, like, Reese, no no horses won from where you are, mate. What are you trying to do there? What, why are you out? He's trying to get onto the, the straight there at Sandown where the V8s go. It was <laughs> awful. And then we, then I fell into Spencer Tiro, which went off a cliff. Beating SP is not our problem. It's just actually getting winners is the problem. Only this week. You know, it's it's racing and moving up and down. But uh, what he did to Spencer Tiro at Mornington on, it might have been Thursday, was just fucking unbelievably bad. Like, just asleep at the wheel. Then for him, there's no <laughs> way I can back Express Pass with that in my memory and thinking, like, this horse is going to be buried amongst the ruck, worse than midfield. It's surely going to lose momentum. Well, it didn't. He pulled out at the perfect time. He used a little bit of intent early, so he wasn't completely cast. It was, I think, the best ride on Saturday at Caulfield and, and a ride I didn't expect. Um, Nick Ryan's flying 
Reese McLeod's not, but that was a great ride. And uh, it was just good enough to get us right in the snuffy on Legionnaire, which would have, like, uh, we're going to do, like, 20 units this month for the movers. That would have been 15 of them right there. <laughs> we, we've we just scraped home with a victory, a win for the month with the Mount Yard Mail, or the late mail service. It's pretty hard to do Mount Yard Mail because the racing.com's just just hatred of, of the of the parade. Um, big on themselves, though. Big, big on themselves. Like you get to watch them talking about themselves whilst you see the ponies parading behind them. Just little glimpses. Just little glimpses. It's torture. Anyway, Legionnaire, I think you can follow it, but I think it's a pretty good race. I think Windstorm. Wowee. That's all I, I thought, just... Oh, I just like want to say, what, what do you think of Windstorm? You're the sort of West's best man. That was enormous, I thought. It, it was enormous. The last 200, just you look at the punting form results and it's just... It's a monster figure. It's a monster close. Um, was putting the, the apprentice on board a positive move? No. But it's clearly not there to be winning first up. They'll be targeting bigger and better things with it. The sixth best last 600 of the day, the eighth best last 400 metres of the day, and the second fastest last 200 metres of the day, the whole day. Now, how do you handle Bob Peters? My theory, which I haven't dived into just yet, but I will be doing it this week, using the punting form stuff, which you can do. Very, there's so much stuff you can do with it. Curls is big on it. Curls is going to use it to justify his uh, DVD theories. I'm sort of thinking third, fourth up. Might see a bit of a flat run from their horses second up, which we saw with Regal Power. Yeah. They lull you into a false sense of security, then bang. What do you think? They're grand final trainers. They're, they they peak them perfectly, and it often coincides with a market move or support, say, 12 to 36 hours before the race, and Pike manages to slot them in a little bit more forward than you expected, Dicko. It'll happen. It'll, it'll come up and it'll just launch into you. It'll sneak up behind you and grab you, oh, and you'll be like, How, how's he there? How's he I've, there? I've found, basically, I thought every horse other than Regal Power that they trained in those silks was enormous on Saturday and they're all sort of going to go in the black book. Yeah. I thought the other horse out of this race, which is quite interesting, is rulership. Yeah. Uh, it was, Rails in run was inferior at Caulfield. I'm confident in that. A lot, yep. most of There wasn't even that many horses which were rails and run. They all sort of got off. Only behemoth. Uh, yeah, which, geez, well. Boom. Didn't the C's part for it? Even if they didn't, it still would have won. We'll get to that later. But I thought rulership was a really good effort and sort of just sort of said, yeah, I'm a decent three-year-old. I'm not just a two-year-old horse. So I think rulership can be followed. Windstorm can be followed. Express pass going great. Legionnaire needs to find the right setup. But there's nothing wrong with what it did. It was a good effort. And if uh, the C's didn't part and Reese McLeod didn't give uh, express pass one of the great rides of all time, we're up and about after race two. But we're not. Yeah, we weren't. It didn't help in race one either, Peter. <laughs> now, boys, I, I've seen a, I've seen a video allegedly of Bill Egan <laughs> deciding that it's appropriate to smash plates upon his skull. Now, has Billy smashed one too many plates upon his own skull that he's caused irreparable damage to the way he thinks when he rides horses? We're going to show you the replay of WUT, which at some stages was eight lengths last on a windy day. Like, if you want cover, at least get the cover, man. Like, wow. Then, coming past top ahead, I'm, I'm looking at Peter's beautiful 
burning fanning type skull here. I'm, I'm not watching the replay, but top ahead, about the 800 or the 600, the field sort of really slows down. He builds nice momentum to catch up to the field. He's got the he's got the $2 favourite with much less weight than him right in front of him. I'm not a, I'm not a rider. But if I was, I would have kept rolling around with that momentum and not slowed my horse as he did and put that favourite in the pocket and said, catch me if you can. Not, I'm just going to sneak here. I'm going to slow. I'm going to, you go when you want, Jai. I'll just follow you and see if I'm good enough. That's what he did. He wasn't. I don't even think he probably wins if he rolls around him, but tactically it was just inept, I thought. And the only conclusion I can draw after seeing the, the vision I saw is that perhaps Billy's just got one too many plates and just smashed him upon his noggin. I just, I felt, yeah, shits me still. Yeah, well, it, that's that's racing to a certain extent. Race four, though, I am Superman. It's lobbed in Melbourne. It trialled really well. Just completely wrecked this field. Yeah, and it sat on a good speed, too. Good mm. intent. Uh, Lewis German showed none on Regevic. Thanks for that, Lewis. Um, M. Zara is as good as they get, and this was his perfect, perfect, perfect ride. This horse has improved by six lengths. It's previous start. I think it's probably a career peak. It's certainly a peak for its last five starts. I am Superman. Uh, really good run. I think non-conformist stamped himself as a beast here. Just a beautiful piece of work. I don't know where they're headed, but I'm, I'm sure it is going to be competitive wherever they want to go. Toffee Tongue, who uh, was utterly blessed there, I think in the Oaks, when the seas parted. And he oh. got up and just knocked us off a moonlight mate. Torture. Just another <laughs> bad beat. Um, but it was a very good effort from Toffee Tongue. I thought they were the two out of the race you can follow with confidence. They obviously want further. They look like they want further. The data says they want further. Great performances from non-conformist. And to just a little bit of a less extent, Toffee Tongue. Peter. Race six, time and effort, uh, given the, the good what push a beast. the snowman. What a beast. This horse is a beast, isn't it? Just blind. That's a huge figure. Huge figure. 13.8 above the all-average benchmark. It's run a 13.5 before. It consistently runs big, big numbers. It's won its last five starts. It yeah. could even go further. The punting form I'm looking at only goes back five, and it's won every one of them. Beast. Liar. Enormous. Enormous huge. run. I'm worried about the race, though, because I don't think Runson's that genuine and it's run third. Um Bold star, wow, Willow. <laughs> Real big, heavy snick job mid-race, and this thing has just grown wings. Like, this is a beast, bold star. Uh, I don't know where they go with it, but it's going to be competitive in any kind of race. It's run a group one figure here. Most of these horses have run group one times here. Uh, Super Storm, Peter. Yep. What do you do with it? It... It's it's run bigger figures. It's run a fourteen point three, which would have won this race before. It's run double figures before. It's obviously a horse with enormous ability. It looked like it got through the line very very nicely. Yeah, it's not an eleven hundred meter horse. He'll be on track for something mile to two thousand. I would say they're looking at something probably weight for age. 2,000 metres or so, that would probably be about right for it. 2,000 metres? Yeah, I think so. Cox Plate. 
I would imagine it would be looking at that sort of race, yeah. Well, considering it's run the third fastest last 200 metres inside this race against proper, proper sprinters, wow, scary. It's a hard race to to pen anything. Like, even Rock Prophet, who's run second last, clocked the fourth fastest last 200 metres inside this race, and it did a via, it, like, it, <laughs> it almost went to Caulfield Station. It jumped the car park and almost <laughs> went to the train station there. So, big effort, Rock Prophet, even though it's around second last. Good race. Diamond effort, beast. Plenty of winners will come out of this race. Okay, race seven. Oh, I mean, the wish threw it out there. Craig knew it riding for Mick Price. But there's quite a few different angles and looks you can have at this race. I'm still trying to work out how Tagaloa didn't win after being everywhere in front other than, say, the last 40 centimetres of the race. But well, I can tell you why it didn't win. Okay. <laughs> we we were on it. We were on it. Oh, my God. Curly, what do you think of this race? Um, oh, I don't know. I don't really have a firm one there. I just bit like you guys. I thought the I thought uh, Tagalar was off the canvas and winning. Um, just followed you guys in, basically. It was quite green, wasn't it, the way it, way it ran through the line? Like the, 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 the final sort of straight 400 metres, it wobbled a bit. It was, it was hassled. It looked beaten and then, yeah, it looked beaten and then looked the winner again and it was a strange one. Um, I don't know what, yeah. I was just going to say that Crosshaven was supported on the day as well. Oh, didn't it? Yeah. What what did you make of its run? Pass. Pass mark. Yeah. I think I think the run of the race is Flying Award. I think it'll be the best horse out of this race, better than Tagaloa. I think it'll get further though. It wants further. Um, it was inconvenienced in in the in the straight as well. Um, I think, and like, correct me if I'm wrong because I backed it. But ranting, holy shit! <laughs> well, this is a horse that settles on speed at every start. It's gone four lengths slower than it's ever gone or then it went last start to settle basically last it also swapped its mikey card at caulfield station it fucking was that wide and cast it it could have if he he's it could have taken taken but he went real wide it savaged the line i think ranting's a really good horse they run no time here so it's hard to get overly confident uh, i think immortal love Got the peach, beautiful momentum. Well done, Craig. Good ride. Flying award, beast. Target lower. I, I think it just improves. If they met again, I'd just be looking. It's it's going to be a group race, so it's going to be race six or later. Uh, I'd just be back in Target lower if we're at Mooney Valley and it's on pace suited. But if we're at somewhere like Flemington, I'm just going to be launching in a flying award. I think it's a really good horse and probably one of the better horses from this meeting. I think, but but ranting like fuck me. I still thought I'm half a chance, like, at the 300-meter mark, you know. It's clocked the fastest last 200 meters of, of the race, despite – it would have, like – this. how far is this? This is a 1,200-meter race. It's run, like, almost 300 meters probably. <laughs> it did most of it seven wide, and it cornered about 15 wide. Yeah. It's just sickening. Like, like if – so if, if Legionnaire wins race two and Randing, Randing or um, Tagaloa win this race, we win for the day big. 
I think um, flying a wood, it would look like a pathway source, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Race nine. And, 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 just... and, and again, though, like your camp, that Danny O'Brien's a grand final trainer, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll have a big grand final in, in store for it as well, this prep. Race nine, Memsey, 1,400, wait for age group one. Behemoth. We back Mystic Journey, who I are we saying I'm saying gone. I said it was Boys. gone before this prep. The question of that. Boys, is is it gone? Yeah, gone. I'm saying gone. I was already of the opinion it was gone. It's gone. The the, the plate smasher Billy Egan, I thought he gave this thing a peach. And it just sort of it's still run like a big figure. It improved its figure from its previous start, but geez, it got dropped pretty quick by some of these. Mm. Like Harlem beat at home. That's how good it's gone. Um yeah, hard to have. Like I couldn't trust it again. This thing's a beast, isn't it? Behemoth. Like it's the seas did part, so it had the perfect run. Like, and if this race was a little bit earlier or the rail wasn't off, it doesn't get this this quick run. I think it still wins with a lightweight. Mm. But Jesus got blessed in run. Cascadian huge again. Improved its figure. That horse is flying. Just needs to find the right race setup and probably draw like barriers sort of six to four. Just a little bit too wide. Had to go a little bit further back than he would have wanted. Um, I think the talking point out of the race, though, is Mr. Quickie. Was enormous first up, last prep as well. Often causes its own problems. But it's obviously still got the zest for racing. You know, it, its mm. last four figures are all double figure runs. It's a proper horse. I think I want to follow Mr. Quickie. Um, I'd be careful if Bahamas keeps racing this prep. I'd, I'd suspect this was it for it. Like, this was the race they wanted. Um, whereas, like, your horses like Mr. Quickie, this certainly was just like a little pipe opener and a really, really good one. I think even a horse, like, right down the bottom, um, Princess Jenny. Another another horse which uh, has, has managed to... Uh, Get me a number of times. I remember we backed it at the Valley Peak, like yep. eight yep. into three dollars, and it yep. didn't even run a place. Yep. <laughs> it's not been kind to us, Jenny. Well, I've had a hard week, guys. I've had a really hard week. A lot going on. Um, yeah, but Princess Jenny, like out of this race, right? This is the best race on the day. Princess Jenny, if you're getting into your form, I, I think a little pearl is you'll find horses like a Princess Jenny who can drop back to a mare's race. Yep. Which is a big edge here. She's not going to be versing like Mr. Quickie and Cascadian. But then I think sometimes what brings, or I think what brought her undone a little bit last preparation was when she drops back to those races and I get a lot of lead in the pencil, there's actually no tempo in those races and her talent is somewhat blunted by that. Yeah. Speaking of um, no pace, race and lead, 10. And lead in pencil stuff. Perfect mm. jewel, pistol. Calm well, down. Talk the punters through it. It's running a figure of 8.4 above the all-average benchmark, which looks to me like a career peak. It certainly is in its last five runs. Yeah, it, it, it's not a career peak. It won. It's won some pretty decent races over the over the journey, um, but it hasn't won over 1,200 since 2017. But the key here was the fact that it had that bit of residual fitness. You know, it was running around and winning races in Perth in June. 
and it's just come off a, a slow tempo. Having said that, on a drier track, 1,200, still you'd think would be running on well through the line. But this horse is just absolutely flying, considering they're talking about retiring it before the – it was after the Roma Cup. It's run 10th of 12, beaten two and a half lengths behind Vega Magic. They were thinking, oh, this might be the last prep for it. And it's come out and won three of its next four, runs second in the other. Geez, Williams, the team, Team Williams, Grant and Alana, they're very, very good. So where would this horse be aimed? Uh, Phillies and Mares race, 1,600, I think. That would probably be about right. I thought Madame Rouge and Pretty Brazen were two of the better runs inside this race, and I backed Street Icon, who at the top of the straight, which would have made it a winning month for the movers and a big winning day for us. I mean, I got a little bit excited. I thought, like, it got the perfect run like I thought it would, and it loomed, but there's... She shall fly went went around big odds. When I went back mm. and reviewed the meeting, I, I was kind of glad it didn't win because I would have been sick if it did. I should have been on it. Bless her. What a preparation. Good horse. All right. What about Ruby Saki? Uh, forgive. See what the SP. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going very well. That stable, eh? Like that WTE two. WUT is been, <laughs> has been ready to win for about two months and hasn't. Ooh. I don't know. I, I certainly wouldn't sack Ruby Saki because it'll it'll probably come out and kill you. So I, I wouldn't back it next start either at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've won four of their last 50, the Paddy Payne stable. Um, stats courtesy of Ponting form. All right, horse to follow. Good, good, good are you. Anything you really like out of the meeting, Dickens, that you want to follow going to the next start? I think um, Bobby Peters has got Windstorm, Perfect Jewel, and Superstorm Airborne. Follow them with some confidence. Non-conformist and Flying Award. There you go. Five. That's a lot of horses from one meeting, but I like them all. A um, few others, but we've got to keep a couple up our sleeves. But we won't talk about too much about Sunday because I want to keep the two horses we backed yesterday will win next start. Yep. Well, you're speaking about uh, lead in the pencil. You want to speak about lead in the saddlebag? <laughs> Kill, you kick us off here. Oh. <laughs> um, look, I don't, I don't know. Look, I'll give you my opinion on how the rule should run, what I think of the rule, and then you can give us the detail. Um, I read the stewards' report. Actually, I haven't read. This. I haven't read. I them. read the stewards' report. Who is Team Green? Team what? In the stewards' report, it mentions that someone representing Team Green. Oh, uh, I think I think that's like because uh, of the COVID. That the scales, that the scales No, it's it's. I think in the COVID uh, climate down here in Victoria, there's two teams of jockeys. So some jockeys ride a lot less track work to make sure that they don't get, uh, you know, gotcha. sick. Okay. Um. Look, I think it's one of those uh, anomalies of racing that's um, it's just a rule that's in a too hard basket and no one in any racing administration role is going to touch it. Um, it is what it is. And if your jockey weighs in light, you lose. And that's all there is to it, I think. There's, I, 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 don't, I, know, I read all the debate on Twitter about should be a late scratching, deduction should apply. Um, if it's your job, it's your job, right? You're the boss of racing. All of yep. racing has, has finally united, right? And you're like yep. Gil McLaughlin of racing. What do you yep. do here? And never have Don't worry. It'll never unite. So this is just a very big hypothetical. But never say never. 
what's your press conference like this morning? And then what are you what, what are you are you are you saying like it's not ideal, but this is what it is. Unfortunately, yep. it's not going to change. Or it's a hundred percent what I'm saying. It's not going to change. I understand the frustration from everyone involved, but it's the the penalty will be on the jockey. Um, yeah. Well, if we get to the penalty on the jockey, Michael Walker, which I I feel sorry for him, to be honest. I didn't back Exelman, but um, and and I to his credit, I thought the the way he rode um, Sierra Sue later in the day, short price favourite, which won, like credit to him. However, he's copped two thousand dollar fine and play on. D Lane's copped ten meetings for over whipping a horse to try and win a race for the punter. If I'm the Gil McLaughlin racing, I'm changing this big time. If you weigh in light, it's a mandatory like two months suspension, and I think the horse should get uh, scratched and deductions applied because it happens so rarely. And my uh, reason for that way of thinking is, if I'm trying to convince my brother to 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 get into horse racing, and he backed Excel Man, doesn't understand the sport that much, watched it win, roared at home, goes to collect. Oh, it, it's been disqualified at weight in light. Ninety-nine percent of those new punters are expecting at least to be refunded. Yeah. Can look, I just I think... ask, what happens if you laid the horse? It's a complete fill. Yeah. And, that, so, that's, that, but... and that's another that's another big can of worms because this horse would have like matched a lot of money in play at a dollar oh one. And if and if and if like. If I was in the mounting yard and I saw that thing slip out, the lead bag slip out, or if someone else saw it slip out, you just open a can of worms, don't you? Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to I believe. Would, I wouldn't lay it because that would be the wrong thing to do. <laughs> but uh, it's a real big can of worms because you're finding someone 2000 whereas there would have been like 100000 matched or 40000 50000 matched to $1.01. Would there not have? <laughs> The rules, the rules, and the um, the rules need to change around the the way the gear gets from the jockey from getting weighed out to coming back in. Like I'm surprised, uh, I'm probably speaking from experience in Queensland here. And when if you say with all due respect before you say something, you can say whatever you want afterwards, right? So and, alleg- due- and we like to say allegedly. With all due respect, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often. Um, jockey weighs out, hands the saddle to God knows whoever, who then takes Ballet, it. They have valets. And then they, they give it to a strapper or a stable hand, and then that strapper or stable hand walks over and saddles the horse up. And so I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. I think they just need to tighten up the protocols about around how the, how the racing gear goes from the weighing out process, you know, onto the horse to get saddled and then... Yeah. Um, because it's just a massive can of worms. It's a huge can of worms. We've got punters who are like standing on top of utes and on top of ladders to try and bet in play in Victoria in the COVID times. Up in Queensland, there's a young bloke. He's not that young. We know who he is. But he's standing on a roof to, to bet. Like People will bet on anything. And it, and if we've got lead bag problems at sale in a, on a basically a metro, like it's a good meeting with good riders in Victoria... What, what's going to go on up at Dalby? Well, they need to close the loophole because I've got a few ideas what could go on. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to throw shade over it. You know, no, I might like something that I lay next week will weigh in light. 
Um, <laughs> but it could happen. And the, 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 you know, especially, especially in these bush races or, you know, country races, we, we saw it in uh, northern New South Wales. Like, if you want to get one beat and lay it on the fair, well, just forget the next strap. And it's a fill. Like, they've got to close the loophole. They've got to, they've got to close that. They've got to tighten up the protocols. That's, that's where I'm at. And one of the bigger loopholes for me, like as an uh, analyst, like a punter, is when, when you go to review this race, all the data's dead. Yeah. In the form guide, this thing ran last or didn't run. It said, no, it, it actually like probably wasn't suited and, and put 10 lengths on them pretty quickly. It's a tricky little setup. And so I don't think it'll happen with XL Man, but I think in the situation up in northern New South Wales, curls, correct me if I'm wrong or elaborate, but there were still decent odds about this horse the next start because in yeah, the form was. in the form guide and the, like, when they're, they're getting the data spat out of here to build a price, the market, the initial market is unaware that this horse actually killed them the previous start, just weighed in light. Yeah, I think there's obviously there'd be more, there'd be a, f- a few people that follow that or sort of racing in that area would have been aware of it, but there'd be some other... You know, Sydney kits or you know punters out there that just chunk that would just chunk the data and and would miss that. So yeah, that's an interesting one. I still think it should show up in the form guide, mm. um, but like I don't know, what would anybody do anything to help the punter in any role in racing administration? Like, yeah, I just think two thousands lot, considering how much has been lost by by the people who fund the game and. The fact that D Lane got ten meetings for overuse of a whip. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, we just heard from future boss of racing Shane Vershelio. Uh, we'll head to his neck of the woods with Eagle Farm, and you touched on it before, Curls. DVD. He owns Queensland at the moment. He does. Yeah. Before we start. <laughs> Just for the conspiracy theorists out there, there's plenty of conspiracy theorists amongst us in the racing game. I just wanted we should to pull one of them on every week. <laughs> the problem we have, the problem we have, and I think it's it's probably we've seen it in the last. I don't know. Let, I'm going to put a figure on it, it's an arbitrary figure, and call it five years. Is that we have been in tune, accustomed to believing that when Things are too good to be true. They are too good to be true in racing. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen a number of issues around, you know, race day treatments and training regimes that were against the law. And so when somebody goes on a run, they've got to be doing something wrong. That's that's how we've been conditioned by um, you know, by racing. Not, not just racing. It started with like Lance Armstrong and you know. Yeah, one yeah. Live, 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 live strong. Yeah. So, um, so let's just have a look at the data um, of David Van Dyke's season. I know the season is in its infancy. Uh, we've just it's kicked off. Um, I'm not sure when the gra- when the when the graphic will come up on the screen here, but this season DVDs had 23 runners for 11 winners, striking at 47.8%. Amazing. With a ninety nine point eight ROI, 
Uh, his last 50 runners have netted 17 winners, 15 places, striking at 34% winning strike rate and 64% place strike rate for a 25%. ROI there as well. So you could round that up. You could round that up to twenty six. It's twenty five point eight. He's fine. Like now, I think the so what's important there, I suppose, is to look at. You know, you could extrapolate that a bit further and have a look at the last twelve months, and it's still striking at twenty seven percent. It's a staggering statistic. I kept saying it. There's no one better in Australia. Well, they can't be. This can't be. Can't if someone's be. winning that many races, everyone else is losing. I discussed with um, I discussed with Pistol um, before we started recording. They had a winner on Saturday. Um, Desert Lord. Yeah, Desert Lord by by no means is a lightly raced horse. Um, he didn't. He wasn't trained by Darlan at Dubbo or anything like that. Like he's come from the Hawks camp. Um. Yeah, I think we worked out it was like its fourth best result, fourth best figure, Pete. Yeah, yeah. So it's returned a figure of five point eight above on the puntingform.com.au all benchmark. And its previous best was a ten point four at Randwick. It's run a six point nine at Randwick. It's run a six point one at Randwick. It's returned first up, first start for David Van Dyke of five point eight and one with the handbrake on by the looks. Traded two two dollars and eighty six cents in play. <laughs> um, you know, I couldn't even click, right? I couldn't even click <laughs> on the in play because I was just, I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing that hard. It was dead set in second gear. It was, it was just unbelievable. Um, it was an, like, the, the, it's just amazing what's going on up here at the moment. Um, you know, it's, they had a winner yesterday, right? And you know, they are always better than bank interest, right? They were unloading into this horse yesterday. Good chat of DVD first up. The, st- the stats punters are onto it. They were taking it. They took a dollar sixty-five to a dollar. Took it down to like a dollar twenty-eight or something. Like it was completely any price. Of, any price of moral. He basically he basically just tapped it into neutral from the two hundred and let him just roll down the sunny coast straight. It wasn't even in second gear. It was dead set in neutral, just idly. <laughs> it absolutely pissed him. Now, um, now, now from a punning point of view, off the back of that, yep. so we're kind of th- implying that it's likely going to start getting over bet. How do you handle it? Well, t- <laughs> well, let's take yesterday, for example, another race. <laughs> Had a winner yesterday called We Brought a Zoo. Now this horse has extremely well exposed. This horse, right? Like extremely well exposed. Seventeen starts, been in the DVD camp forever. Um, it was in a nice, strong sort of, you know, good old-fashioned thousand-meter open sprinters race at the Sunny Coast. Plenty of nice, you know, nice enough horses in it. We Brought a Zoo was. Um, He'd had the lowest personal best figure of any horse in the race, right? So it was the lowest rated horse in the race um, as far as PBs are concerned. Um, wasn't an avalanche of money. It was sort of like 370 out to 420 and trimmed up to 390 late. I bet against it. 
<laughs> and it's fucking pissed him. I've spent the last two weeks telling everyone David Van Dyke wins <laughs> more often than not first up from a spell. And I was like, well, he's good. But this thing, can't, this, can't, this thing can't produce a PB 18th run in its, in its career. It can't. Obviously, you don't need the data to support that statement. But um, uh, yeah, there's no data through from the Sunday's meeting as yet. But like, it just wasn't getting beat. It wasn't getting beat. So... How do you handle it? Well, there's only two ways to there's only two ways to assess them. It, you, it's any price of moral, or you don't bet. Um, it's as simple as that. You rate them all a dollar one when they're first up, and you either bet to your nose, please, or you don't bet. I don't know oh, how right. else to handle it. How else do you handle it? Well, how oh, do you handle it? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I can't recall a domination like this. You know, I, for, I, for I, I think the, the easiest way is to just avoid. Oh, and I think if you want to, like, if you if it's doing your head in, but he hasn't got that many horses, so there'll still be plenty of bets to have. But uh, yeah, it sounds to me like it's just. Uh, Look, I'm happy to bet against. I'm happy to bet against them third up. The, the first up and like it's not as if these are just going out to the bush and winning first up for a kill. They're winning in town at thirty odd percent first up. Yeah. On Metro tracks. Um, the first and second up stats are excellent. It does drop away third up. Um, so the argument can be they're just rock solid, ready to rip early in the prep to get the job done. Um, you know, or conversely, they're winning a couple early in the prep and then stepping up in grade and, you know, third up this, you know, not at their peak. So maybe they're just peaking first up. All the data's there on punting form and um, we'll keep – working our way through it. But, I mean, obviously, these are ones that are set up. And I, when I say set up, I mean, like, for that day, you know, right horse, right race, right time. But he is good at placing them, so. Well, look, but Desert Lord. Interesting one. Desert Lord was the second best figure on the card there at Eagle Farm, first up for David Van Dyke. But top of the pops is Kissicano. Which is the horse we've talked about two weeks ago, Kels. The one that yeah. beat, the only horse to beat Roth Fire, wasn't it? Indeed, yep. Um, that was on a rain-affected track at the Gold Coast, so you nearly don't count that um, if you're assessing Rothfire. Another good example, fastest lead time of the day from a rating perspective. Now, really difficult one to line up here, the track rating. It was clearly a firm two from about 9am because they have run some amazing times here. So Kisikano has broken the track record for 1,200 metres at Eagle Farm. I'm just not 100% sure yet how to clarify that because we've had four tracks in four year, four different tracks in five years at Eagle Farm um, with renovations and that sort of thing. So that's a that's an interesting one. But it's another great example of letting fast horses run fast on good tracks. Um, drew wide, sent it, kept running. Um, when it went across the line, I just sort of made a mental note that, you know, she's She's done a great job this prep. She's had about 10 barrier trials because she's kept getting um, – have to go get back and get a certificate because she's been difficult to load. So she's had a lot of trials and a little bit of racing and and made a mental note that maybe she's had enough and then I'll see the data and then see that it's a track record on a firm track. So right now she's, um, you know, I don't know, she's had a few runs back, but she's clearly, clearly flying. So, um, yeah, she's – She's at a different end of her prep to where Rothfire is, who's 
had that gallop in between races and ready to come back where this filly's probably come to the end of her prep. So she'll you know, potentially go away and come back in the summer. All right. Very good. Um, we'll go to the Turtle Award, the Valium Award, thanks to Cozzy23 there for that suggestion. I think we all like the Valium Award. Um, Dicko, you want to go around the grounds there for us? Actually, Valium stuff would help you sleep, isn't it? I, I don't know. I don't have trouble sleeping. I just fall asleep and wherever. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, all right. D Stackhouse is taken out in Victoria on She's a Thief. Only 2.7 below the all average, so pretty uh, good fast racing there at Caulfield on a good track. Uh, M Hellia Curls, race six, Eagle Farm, 13, 13.8 below the all average. Yeah. I was in race six, uh, mate. Wow. Locally known as Mick Hell Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mick Hell Yeah. Yeah, congratulations, Mick. I think that's the first time he's won the um, the Valium Award. So well, great he's, knocked off, he's knocked off the two-time champ, Pattis, there. So uh, she was yeah. starting to build a fair record, but he's, uh, he's sort of stepped his game up a little bit. Ah, uh, King, must have... Rachel King. You go. going to say, she must have heard that she's won the uh, Turtle Award because... We're on the leader in race four. They're all important at Eagle Farm. And and Alex drew the outside gate with a 300 to one pop and completely <laughs> fucking torched us from the 1,000 to the 600. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's how you reckon that might be our fault for highlighting how slow she lost to go. Honestly, what a go. Yeah, the, the greatest of all. Rachel King in the highway on Fever Tree, 4.4 below in New South Wales. Not, not. Awful. And A. Kennedy on Kermit Rock in race three at Belmont Pistol, 7.3 below. So yeah. Let's head to Belmont. We're going to compare 2,000 metre races. Yes. Over to you. Yes. Um, this will test you. Was a horse that was resuming first up. Very much a spruik animal at this type of its career. It went around $1.50 or so. And, you know, potentially people might be looking at a winter bottom or so for it. But there was three 1,000-metre races on the card. One of them was a maiden, so ignore that. The other 1,000-metre race was the last one by Nero Dio. Bless its cotton socks. Oh, um, let's not. Well, should we talk about that? Might as well. Just more fun. How many? I reckon Pete's had, like, sort of three winners recently that have coincided with me bathing my son. <laughs> and I've backed every... Every other bet. <laughs> and Nero Giro. Oh, no, I backed this one, I think. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, I have a bad habit of missing Pistols winners at the moment. It's probably helping them win. Just another. I don't believe in that because um, I had a couple. We, we won well on the on the card. There was angles there. It was one of those days where just mentally I switched on, which makes for a pleasant change. Um, You're flying. You are flying. You and Rob are flying. But look, we'll we'll just compare these two races because in this little test year's race, it's led at zero point four lengths fast to the six hundred, so basically bang on even. In Nero Dio's Nero Dio's race, the leader was We've Got Dreams, and it went one point three fast, so it is zero point nine lengths separating the two lead speeds. So pretty pretty comparable, I think. 
this will test has returned 3.1 lengths on the all average benchmark figure. It was eased over the last, say, 100 metres because Mitchie Pateman wanted to give the horse a pat on the back of its neck before it went across the line, which he was reprimanded by stewards for doing so. And um, Nero, Nero Dio has recorded four points. At least he weighed in on the right weight. Yeah, exactly. But Nero Dio's beaten it by 1.5 lengths on the all adjusted figure. So for me, this will test you, has still got a fair way to go. It wasn't a much weaker class or a restricted one Metro win class of race here on Saturday. Nero Dio won a benchmark 72, but we saw when this will test you stepped up in grade last prep into a benchmark 78. It failed, ran fifth behind Caracapo, and then it backed up afterwards in a benchmark 76 and got knocked off by Shinju. I'm suggesting that this horse will go around very short next start and it needs to lift probably another five, six, seven plus lengths to be contending some of these good races later on. Not to say it can't do it, but I think it will be gross unders no matter where it goes so far this prep. Outstanding information. Oh, it's just right there. It's easy to compare. 2,000 metre races. You've got the punting form data to just put it there. Nero Dio is a serious animal, um, and its PB is still better than this will test you by close to two lengths. So. Oh, this is the rage bet. This is the rage bet. Yeah, yeah it was it was the rage bet. But there was one other race on the card that we have to touch on, the idyllic Prince Stakes. We mentioned free trade first up was a bit plain um, when it was basically pants by Saracino, who led by six lengths and basically the rest of the field didn't take part. Saracino led this start, didn't lead anywhere near by that length up front and free trade was just cruising, um, had all ha handlebars down in the straight and just put them away. But... Again, this is a 1,300-metre race. I still have queries as to whether or not Free Trade will get a really strong mile, and that's what it's going to be aimed at with the railway coming up later this prep. That's basically all out of, the, uh, out of the Belmont card. There's a couple of horses to follow. We'll throw those through to subscribers. Um, they'll be in on it. I'm not going to put them publicly because I don't feel like doing that. Well, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of options out there anyway, but what is uh, a good point to make? If you're watching this at home and you're starting to take it a little bit more seriously or you want to sort of get into it for the spring, you can go and add what Pistol has just said. You can black book this little test jar. doesn't mean you're going to back it. You can black book it to say this thing might be gross unders next start. Just to remind yourself, you can add a note to that horse, that race. You can do everything with punting form. It's You need it if you want to get sort of serious about what we're doing. What else should we do today, boys, or is that about it? That's probably about it, isn't it? There's uh, Week ahead? Yeah, week ahead. Curly, you're the one that we need to focus on there. Uh, week ahead is um oh yeah, we've got a uh, we've got a punter palooza on Saturday, actually. Um I'm gonna be very light during the week. Um because on Saturday it'll be a case of this. We have the Metropolitan meeting at Doomben during the day. We have two provincial meetings in southeast Queensland. We have Aquas Park Gold Coast and God's Carpet Gatton in the Lockyer Valley. <laughs> uh, and then we have Toowoomba Saturday night. So wow. sort of anticipating the Gatton card will be the, like early, like it'll be like 11 a.m. start, wow. sort of 4 o'clock finish. I'll be driving to Gatton to do the yard and betting out of the yard at Gatton. And then I'll be back in the car and flying up the hill to Toowoomba to do Toowoomba Saturday night as Which well. Which is as great content for those who are lucky enough to get it because Curly Junior is a designated driver. I've seen you sort of relax and uh, finishes off a big day. We might need to get you a, a little intern for Saturday by the sounds. 
Yeah, it'll be big. Um, it'll be a big day. So I'm not going to do a hell of a lot during the week. Um, there's Emerald on Tuesday, um, unless something pops up there. They've got the Metropolitan midweek at, at Eagle Farm. But, um, yeah, I'll just be all focused on Saturday covering the four meetings. Yeah, we've got go uh, Bendigo on Wednesday, which... Uh, if the rain stays away, I quite like betting there. I'd like to bet somewhere else other than Ladbrokes Park for a while. It's Jesus been used up. Uh, unlikely to bet through the week other than that. And then we've got the Valley on Saturday, which would be good. And Geelong on Sunday, they'll kick off some nice horses at that Geelong meeting normally, some younger horses. So look forward to this week. Very good. I've just got Belmont something, and Belmont says per usual. Can't wait. <laughs> Before we wrap up, we will touch on uh, Betfair's biggest bets of the week. Uh, race five at Belmont was the biggest wagered event there. That was the Thistle Test Year race, which is no real surprise there. We saw another short favourite that got rolled, Dallasan. Race seven, Morfordville, 523,000 matched in that race. Wow. Um, they they walked there in the McDonald's stakes. They've They've crawled and Dallasan's recorded. I, I think it's okay splits on the way home. We've seen probably better from that horse over its career. Um, Eagle Farm, race three, 671,000 match there. That was the race that was won by Kisikano. Again, no real surprise there. Some of the better horses being the most heavily wagered. Caulfield, race nine, 902,000. We didn't actually touch on race nine, did we, Dicko? Do you want to say a quick word on that race? Race nine? Yeah. The Memsey. I was thinking no, of race eight, I, wasn't I? I talked about the Memsey. Yeah. Uh, a few I like in race eight. We'll keep them for the for the people who are paying. Okay, good. Given I gave away a stack today. That's the most overdue. That's yeah. all I've ever done. And then it was race eight at Rose Hill was the most heavily matched. There It was actually quite high as well for Rose Hill, seven hundred and fifty-eight thousand in terms of pre-play. In bronze, Ruby Saki. 499,000 matched on that horse. Silver, Magatu, 626,455. Gold, Kisikano, 681,812 dollars matched on that horse. In play, in third place, Desert Lord, it did hit $2.86, as Dicko mentioned. 42,000 matched on an in play. Silver to Magatu as well, 48,786. And Kisukano Gold as well, 51,000 matched on that horse in play. Outstanding wagering. All right. That's us. Big week. Uh, hopefully, we get a few more winners this week. We will. It's always up and down. Uh, what's going on with the Festival of Footy stuff, Pete? Cam's flying. He is. Um, he's at the end of round 14, I think it was, finished last night. And uh, straight back into the footy frenzy today, uh, tomorrow, sorry. There's a day off today, and then it kicks back off tomorrow. Uh, it's the one day off for the next couple of weeks. So get on board. Round 15 kicking off tomorrow. So head to themailbag.com.au. You can check out all these results so far, and you can uh, get on board for the rest of the season.